Boss! 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 Travis Hunter! We are recording the intro again because after we finished recording with Chase Howell yesterday, <laughs> a bunch of stuff happened. Um, the biggest change, of course, is that the number one player available, likely, Travis Hunter, committed to the University of Colorado and signed with the University of Colorado yesterday. This shouldn't be a huge shock to those that have been following the Colorado Buffaloes in this recruiting cycle. Travis Hunter is a coach prime guy, and uh, they're kind of meant for each other. However, I don't want that, the, the inevitability of CU signing the best player available to um, overshadow the fact that CU signed the best player available. So um, just know that we did not know that that signing was happening when we recorded the rest of this episode. And also know that um, Travis Hunter coming to Bowler is a massive deal. And we'll talk more about that as, as that situation develops. But, um, you know, still a huge get for, for Deion Sanders and company and uh, a great way to end his first signing day as the University of Colorado coach. Welcome in to a early signing day edition of At The Buzzer. We are still a Ralph Report podcast who still covers the best of Colorado athletics every and any time we can. What that means today, of course, is that we are talking about one of my favorite things of all time, college football recruiting. It's all drama 100% of the time, and today is no different. It is especially dramatic today, as today was the start of the early signing period, which we're seeing is the show-stopping um, day on the recruiting calendar. So almost every big prospect signed with their school of choice today. We'll be talking about everyone that did and those that didn't for the University of Colorado. And when I say we, it's not just me, Jack, one of your normal co-hosts, um, and Sam, who is not here today. It is, I don't even know what we call it. We said special guest, guest contributor. It's been enough this time. I'm overall contributor, normal contributor. Part, part-time co-host. Part-time co-host. Um, <laughs> recruiting expert. When Sam doesn't want to talk about people who may or may not ever play for CU, um, we bring Chase in, who gets just as excited as I do about these um, recruits. So please welcome again. Chase Howell, who's pulling double duty today. Welcome, Chase. Hey, thanks for having me on once again. Always great to be on Ralphie Report. Yeah, I love the drama. I don't know why, but recruiting has always gotten to me. Even mm-hmm. since I was like 12 years old, I, I used to play hooky from school and watch Signing Day. That's just, it's been in my blood. And it's kind of weird. Wow. I don't fully understand why I love this stuff so much. It's 17, 18-year-old kids that decisions really don't matter. Yeah. Not gonna lose players in two or three years, but I just love the drama that signing day offers. It's always interesting. There's always something going on, and I could literally watch the shows all day long. Yeah, I I definitely came into it later than twelve. I cannot imagine trying to do that. Um, the NCAA games is as close as I got to that, but it's still. I came in. Yeah, the you cannot match the level of like angst and emotional anger that comes out of grown supposedly well-adjusted men on (laughs) days like today and that's part of the reason i love it so much um an example of that is is like uh, the biggest i would say the biggest announcement i expected today was peyton bowen 
Um, and this is a good example, I think, because Peyton Bowen had been a Notre Dame commit for a long time. Um, but people were thinking it would be an OU Notre Dame battle at the end. Um, and Bowen ends up choosing Oregon out of left field. And uh, immediately I start trying to slurp up any tears I can for Oklahoma and Notre Dame because I know those are going to be absolutely delicious. And that's like a good example of just so much stuff happens today where people lose their minds. Um, and realistically, one safety who's a five star is not going to change the fortunes of a program. Um, but it's just, it's everyone gets so invested and the excitement is palpable. Um, and it's kind of like everyone just agreeing that today is going to be full of intrigue. Um, and, and then it delivers every time. It never doesn't deliver. So that's part of the reason I love it is, is stuff like, Bowen's announcement just makes one person, one fan base very happy and every other fan base very sad. Grown ass men that just can't handle 18 year old kid decisions. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yes, but that craziness is some of the stuff we signed up for. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm one of those grown ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, zooming out from CU's spot a little bit, going past Bowen, I think we're going to talk about some of the bigger national storylines. He was one of them, of course. I think overall what we're seeing is is Oregon just cleaning the hell up in early signing day this this year. Um, we got D, DJ Uyangaloi's younger brother, a five-star defensive lineman, also committing to Oregon over USC um, 30 minutes after they got Peyton Bowen. So it was a huge day for Oregon. They shot up into the top 10 for recruiting classes, um, and they're still not done. They literally just flipped another Notre Dame commit, Jaden Lamar, who is a four to five star running back, also flipped and signed with Oregon today. So, um, I don't know. A huge day for Oregon. Probably the biggest winner today. Um, any other big announcements that you looked at as, as exciting or any any other thoughts there as we look at the national landscape? I thought just the whole Miami, Florida, Florida State battles were really interesting coming down the stretch and Miami being able to throw all this money at guys and still being able to land some, but missed out on a few. I just thought Florida was like kind of enticing this year, just all the, and it, and it is every year, but I think Miami has stepped up their game with NIL and become a major player. And I like what they're doing at Florida with recruiting as well. So I think it's just become a lot more into Florida state's back playing better football than they have been over the last four or five years too so i thought that was interesting just in terms of the national landscape uh i think for the most part there weren't too many major major storylines nobody jumping up to one we knew who one and two were going to be um i think the battle for number three was always going to be interesting so um i think is it texas that's up there now texas Yes, after pulling to Sulia Kana, who visited CU last week and had CU in his top six, um, he just signed with Texas. They are, I think, third right now. Um, and Oklahoma was, I don't know, Oklahoma was pushing. So now Texas is third, Miami's fourth, and Oklahoma's all the way down to eighth. Um, and Oregon just shot up to seventh. So they're blowing up today. I'm a, you can see the Notre Dame jersey behind me. I'm a half Notre Dame. I grew up a Notre Dame fan. That was the first reason I got into recruiting. It wasn't Colorado recruiting when I was 12 years old that I was paying attention. It was Charlie was Weiss, a, baby. It was Charlie Weiss recruiting um, that I was paying attention to. And I just, I think Notre Dame is really interesting. All the commits that they lost down the stretch. It's not like they lost any coaches from the staff or anything like that. They still had an okay season after a really, really rough start to the year. Um, so I thought that was surprising that they ended up losing quite a few guys um, to different schools. 
Yeah, um, and there's some thoughts about that. You know, Notre Dame fans are crying poor, which I personally find hilarious. And I, it's not every Notre Dame fan, but some Notre Dame fans are crying poor, saying that's the NIL dirty game, which I am laughing at that. Um, I have no love lost for Notre Dame. I apologize, Chase, but, you know, Lou Holtz does, does things to a man. Um, no so Hey, I've been a Notre Dame fan all my life, so I'm used to being hated. <laughs> That's right. You gotta love them or you hate them. And I'm used to the hate to, at Notre Dame. And I think Colorado might be pretty similar here in a few years. There's going to be a lot of people. You don't have to wait a few years, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking at what's happening. It's hard to wait a few years. So you got to, when you root for a school like Notre Dame, you get used to the hate for sure. Um, yeah, and they had a, a rough day, but part of that's also just they started out so ridiculously hot. It was going to happen. They couldn't. I don't know. They were there was nowhere really for them to go other than down. Um, and like you said, Alabama, Georgia were one and two, and Alabama's class is absolutely disgusting this year. And his <laughs> class last year was insane. It's still probably the greatest of all time, but this year's Alabama class, I don't. I, they don't. They did not miss. Um, incredible talent and depth of talent in that class. Um, number one recruiter in the country, Charles Kelly. This year, and in terms of assistant coaches, Ooh. he is no longer a, char- a uh, uh, Alabama assistant coach. He is now CU's defensive coordinator, so we'll see if that pays dividends down the road. Um, but overall, like you said, it's kind of been a pretty quiet day. No Travis Hunter moments this year. We'll see if Travis Hunter has a Travis moment, a Travis Hunter moment again um, in 2022. But there was no crazy flips at the top. Pretty much everything kind of went as expected. Um, nationally especially at the top of the line and the reason i guess we're talking about national recruiting now as opposed to some of what we did last year which is a lot more cu focused um is because CU's in a lot more of those conversations this year believe it or not um so so deon sanders in case you did not know is cu's head coach and that means that cu's recruiting suddenly got a lot more national and a lot more publicized than it was in 2021 so um, this class is not necessarily at that level, and it, it probably won't end up being at that level. Period. Um, but CU has talked a lot. More, it's talked about a lot more. It is in a lot more battles this year than they were last year. Um, and and part of that's, I mean, I guess an example of that coming in really early is maybe the biggest surprise of the day is the number one cornerback in the country, Cormani McLean. Not quite signing to Miami as expected. That might get interesting. We'll see. We'll yeah. see if he takes a visit to Boulder um, in January and, and see if they're able to get him. But uh, I thought that, I mean, anybody really considering Miami is probably going there for NIL money. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there could be other reasons. Miami's a big time program, or at least was a big time program at one point. But anybody considering them seems to be in it for the bag because they are dropping some bags. And uh, I don't know if CU is going to be willing to pay the same money that uh, <laughs> Miami's paying for Commando McLean. So we'll see. But uh, I, it does sound like they're going to have a chance here, and it will. It could get really interesting come that February signing date. Yeah, there, I, I say that because there's only one school that has confirmed had contact with Cormani McLean today, including the school he's technically committed to, Miami. And that school is the University of Colorado. So um those are the types of things that we were kind of expecting when you hire a guy like Coach Prime. Um and I think for the most part today, even though there wasn't a lot of sticker shock with who CU actually got co- signed uh signed letters of intent from today, 
I think you saw the fruits of of, of Deion Sanders immediately um, on the recruiting trail. And I'll ask for like the general thoughts, your general thoughts on the class in a second. But I, I think first I would just want to mention like, I don't know, man. See, you went one eleven three weeks ago, and I did not hear that come up once when people were talking about CU or its recruiting class today. And that alone is worth the five and a half million dollars Deion Sanders is getting paid this year. Everybody forgot that that season happened, which is great because uh, we've been trying to rid all of our memories of that as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the, the whole national narrative stuff is kind of crazy to me. It's still hard for me to accept. Um, that CU is a big player nationally and everybody wants to talk about CU and what recruits Dion's going after. It's kind of, it's weird for those of us that have followed recruiting, especially CU recruiting for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was, I don't know. It was fun following along national recruiting, like two, four, seven sports did a great job today. ESPN obviously was all over all this stuff. Um, and CU was, had coverage every hour almost at the top of the hour like cu is in those national stories um today and and it was it was just super fun to see some see you be talked about in that way so we mentioned a guy like tasuli uh akana who is hawaii slash utah recruit top 50 player defensive end he came out to see you last week see did not end up closing that deal he signs with texas um, good get for Texas there. Of course, some other national names that CU did not get that um, they were connected to in the past week. This is Malachi Coleman, um, Nebraska athlete, top three athlete in the country. It, just a total freak. Omaha native um, came out to visit CU last weekend and things flipped hard this week. He actually ends up staying home at Nebraska we hate to see uh, Nebraska get good players, and unfortunately, I think that the Malachi Coleman will, in fact, be a good player. Yeah, I do too. Um, he sounds like a great kid with a good head on his shoulders. He likes to fire back on uh, Twitter a little bit too much for my liking. But <laughs> other than that, he seems like a great kid with a great head on his shoulder, an absolute freak of an athlete. Oh, my goodness. Six yep. foot five and to be able to run the way that he can. Is insane. It would have obviously been a nice pull, but that's tough. <laughs> you go after a kid that lives in Lincoln, yeah, um, and, and it's going to be a tough battle. And it, it really went all the way right down to the end. Um, I think it ended up really being his parents and his comfortability in Lincoln. Uh, obviously, it's been talked about a lot that his parents are Nebraska fans, and yeah, you know, it, it does get hard to send your kid to Colorado when you grew up being a Nebraska fan and you've been a Nebraska fan all your life. So I, I can understand that. And I knew it was going to be a tough battle on that one. Uh, obviously we would have liked to have him, but who knows with a lot of these guys, they could enter the portal in one or two years and, and be right back. So yeah, I, I, mean, I don't take these losses as huge losses for, for the team or for the future. Say what you want. I think, Nebraska, I think Matt rule is a very good college coach. I think there's a reason that Nebraska is paying him 8 million a year or whatever it is. Um, and I think that if you're really good, if you have a really good college coach with Nebraska NIL resources, and like you said, the allure of home, that's going to be hard to beat. So um, a, a loss for CU on the recruiting trail there, but also just it, CU fans, I think for the most part, are in a really good spot this cycle because uh, the shine of just being in these battles has not worn off yet, right? The fact that CU is even being talked about in these circles is enough of a win where losing some of these battles doesn't sting as much as they will potentially next year when we're already used to it. 
Correct. Yeah. Next year is going to be really, really interesting. I think it'll be a lot of fun for the most part, but uh, come signing day, it's going to be stressful for sure, because you're going to be in on a lot of high caliber recruits that are making oh, yeah. really tough decisions and, and there will be flips and some of them will go CU's way and some of them won't. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. This 2024 class, I already love the start that they've had, um, especially with those California kids visiting this past weekend. So 2024 is what we're looking for. I still do think they can complete this 2023 class um, and, and make it look at least acceptable. The average rating is already really good. Um, I think it's higher than what Mel Tucker's class was. Oh, yeah. A few years I, ago. More which, than acceptable. The average rating of this class, I think, is a full point higher than any other class in the last at least eight years. Um, so... Yes, I <laughs> think acceptable is already there, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. You have 15 kids that have signed their letter of intent. Uh, Isaiah Harge is the only commit that didn't He just sign signed today. two minutes ago, by the way. Oh, he did? Yes, two minutes wow. ago. Okay. They just announced him. There was a lot of talk about him going, uh, him not signing until February, but all those St. Thomas kids ended up signing today, right? Conrad no, Hussey? No, there is one that has not signed, and that's Conrad Hussey. Really? And okay, okay. Sign. Yep. Oh, I gotta be, I gotta be more plugged into these St. Thomas Aquinas kids. So if they, yeah, if Conrad Hussey ends up not signing, that's definitely a name to watch uh, come yep. February because I know he wanted to take a visit last weekend, um, along with Isaiah Harge, and he will probably very likely be with Isaiah um, so at some point in January, likely to uh, visit Boulder and check out Coach Prime. I think he's already visited a couple of times. He already took an official under Durrell, um, but you could take another official with the coaching change. So. Um, I expect him to be here in January, and I think that will get really interesting, especially with Isaiah already locked in on the buffs. Yeah, so um, let's dive into this class a little bit if we can, uh, just just closing up some of the quote-unquote losses that CU might have had today. Jordan Shaw, a California defensive back recruited by Armand Hawkins, flipped from Colorado to Indiana, um, which was – I actually really like Shaw's tape. I thought he was a really good player. Um, so I don't think this is necessarily like a processing thing or anything. Um, but another one of those that is, is going elsewhere. Same with Jordan Hall, who was a Jackson State commit and then a CU commit and then decommitted last night. Um, so, so some other guys that CU was in on that did not end up signing with the buffs. Um, I think that's everyone that I was thinking of that, that CU missed out on. Um so now let's talk about the people who actually did sign today, including a few surprises. Um, I guess, yeah, my, my overall headline thought on this class is um, no matter what, does not matter if they end up busting or not. CU got a million times faster today. Yeah, that's a fact. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Uh, I, pretty much everybody that CU is recruiting that's not on – on the defensive or offensive line is a is a much faster player than what they've been recruiting in years past, uh, both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Um, you look at Dylan Edwards, he is probably one of the fastest commits that they've had in a really, really long time. There's just a lot of good players um, that they've been after and that they've been able to get. What, what do you think of Hopkins? Do you think he – would you take Hopkins over Shaw? I know you really <laughs> liked Shaw's film, but – uh, if that, if that is the two, if that is the trade-off, then absolutely. Yes. Um, by Hopkins, Chase is referring to Adam Hopkins. Yes. Who is the number one receiver in the state of Georgia this year. That alone gets, makes him a take for me. <laughs> um, 
past that, he was committed to and was had smoke around Auburn um, almost the entire process. We started seeing some smoke around CU last night. Um, and then he ended up playing Coach Prime's theme music as he signed today at his high school. Um, so you know that he is locked the hell in. And yeah, if that is the trade-off, I'm taking Adam Hockman's 10 out of 10. That dude is electric. It, it sounds like, and Jordan Shaw was the same way, uh, both those guys would be on, could play on either side of the ball. And it still sounds like Hopkins could play on the defensive side of the ball. I know he's listed as a wide receiver, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up as a cornerback as well. I got a lot of ability. I, I don't know which one he's going to end up choosing at the next level, but that's kind of why I compared him to Jordan Shaw, because I think he's a guy that could play wide receiver or corner yeah. um, and obviously an incredible talent and somebody that, didn't take a visit to Boulder and was willing to sign on the dotted line. That might be the only one of this entire class that didn't take. I believe there's a second one who came from the old friends. Yeah. Well, in England. Well, oh yes. The three. Three. Okay. Yes. Kofi Taylor barracks also signed today um, from England. The number one athlete in the, uh, in the, I guess country or of the United Kingdom, whatever you want to call that. So that's right. We're now number one in the country. Eat shit, Northwestern. We own <laughs> Ireland now. Um, yeah, and he is a 6'3", 230 athlete. That's generally a good start. Um, he has a lot to learn about the the game of football, but um, one of those like NFL Europe Academy products, and I think one of a few actually that CU is talking about um, and talking to Um and one of the other ones that they are talking to that I am in love with is is Sadu Triore as well. But yeah, Kofi Taylor Barracks is a a total freak. I think the final guy who signed today for the University of Colorado that did not actually get out here is the flip from DeSoto High School um, in Dallas. There was a a defensive back that was committed to SMU until approximately three hours ago. Um, mm-hmm. SMU balloons on his announcement table, and suddenly those uh, those got popped as he um, committed to the Buffs. And he has three names. Hold on, I'm getting the That'd names. That'd be funny if he actually did pull out like a knife or something and started popping all the balloons. <laughs> yeah, next level. I know Notre Dame fans were upset that Peyton Bowen put on the Notre Dame hat and then threw it in the trash or something. Um, they did not. Some of them did not like that to to put on the Oregon hat, but you know. It's part of the drama that I love so very much. Um, yeah, so th- that was another flip that CU got today from the Dallas area. I believe he's actually one of those um, uh, like youth football league guys that Prime coached 10 years ago, tw- 12 years ago. Jaden Milner-Jones is his name. There you go. Finally got it. Um, oh, I, I was going to say it for you. I didn't realize you hadn't said it yet because I – no, I was looking for it the whole time. I was just vamping <laughs> for time. Yeah, Jaden Miller-Jones out of DeSoto. It's always nice to see another DeSoto kid um, get in the mix there. I saw Josh Gines was in the room today, another DeSoto kid. Um, he's mm-hmm. now a student assistant with CU, so I wonder if he had any hand in that as well. But, um, yeah, just seeing the DeSoto name made me happy. Obviously, he's not too highly rated as a recruit. I think he only has five Power 5 offers. Um, but now you can see what situation we're in now that we're complaining about a kid five <laughs> power five offers. Um, yeah, I mean the finish of this class is not really the only, or I should say, the two like biggest 
prime impact players at the prep level were, were Adam Hopkins and Dylan Edwards, um, which are big impact because the two highest rated prep guys in this class. Um, and, and Edwards is obviously a total freak with the ball in his hands and one of the fastest players in the country, period. Hopkins is similarly dynamic and athletic no matter where you put him. Um, but it, the rest of it was kind of muted. Like Tajay McCoy um, is, I think, a really good prospect on the edge side. Um, another one that's just incredibly fast. But, you know, he's in that high three-star range that CU was already kind of playing in. Um, Carter Stoutmeyer is another one flipped from Arizona to sign with CU today. Um, and has a prime connection as well. His father played with prime in the NFL. And that's in that same, like, three-star range. Um, so we're seeing people in, like, that high three-star area that C was already kind of playing in. Assad Wasim, Jacob Page, um, Kofi Taylor Barracks. However, in my opinion, I guess, like, those guys have a pretty obvious athletic upgrade compared to some of the other people that CU was recruiting before him. Um, and I personally am in love with Jacob Page. I think that guy is going to be a total stud. That was... I did some videos for Adam at Buff Stampede, and we had to pick our favorite um, Deion Sanders commit. It, mm-hmm. We filmed these yesterday, so obviously we didn't have a chance. Um, not named Dylan Edwards. I think it was our favorite Deion Sanders commit, not named Dylan Edwards. And I went with Jacob Page because I think he's electric on tape. Um, I love his size and his speed. Absolutely. You get a guy like that, and uh, he's going to be able to take the top off the defense. Uh, the other thing I really love about him is that Tennessee offer. I think an in-state Tennessee offer – from a guy like Josh Heupel that really knows um, how to find a good receiver. I think that's huge. I, it doesn't seem like it was committable towards the end because he didn't keep them in contention, but um, even just getting the offer, I think speaks volumes about his ability as a wide receiver. Yeah. I'll take a six, three dude that can run like that literally anytime. Um, and, you know, if he has hands that are sli- as good or slightly better than Daniel Arias, then he's worth the scholarship right there. And, um, you know, I think that's a, a bar that he can clear. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I like how this class finished up. They kept a lot of players that I really like CU recruiting. I also want to point out, like, I don't think Carl Durrell's biggest downside was prep recruiting. I actually liked the class before he was fired. And I liked the pieces that were kept from that Durrell era. Ryan Staub is a quarterback that I think is really deadly accurate um, and, and a good guy to have in your quarterback room. CU definitely needs talent um, at that position. Of course, he is the second best quarterback recruit the CU ended up getting today, but um, hard to beat oh. the number one. Um, so yeah, I think Stobbs is a good player. I think Morgan Pearson is a late get are out we of Oklahoma. About Shador Sanders, or, or are you giving a little? I'm getting hit? there. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. But no, I, no, I was wondering if you're saying second best. Oh, yes, are we Shador, I'm Pearson. saying okay. is number one. Absolutely. Okay. Unless there's another one that I'm I'm not talking about yet. It might possibly um, be another one. That's why I was wondering. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Isaiah Harge, we just mentioned, did, did in fact sign as we are recording this. Another guy that was in that early Durrell staff. I believe Chandler Durrell is that St. Thomas Aquinas connection. Um, mm-hmm. And Isaiah Harge continued that connection um, on, the, on the prep rank. He's he's another speed demon on the edge um, who has some nice shiftiness to him as well. So I, I thought that the class had a pretty decent um, – I, I guess the prep class had a pretty decent backbone. I'm glad they kept some of the players that they did, in fact, keep. Um, Victor Johnson is another one of those names as well. Um, but I, I also think that, obviously, there's a pretty big demarcation between 
guys that prime started recruiting in a primary role versus the people who were there before. Um, and, and see was just able to swim in slightly deeper waters on the prep side, even with literally four days of full-time Deion Sanders at, at CU for the, for this early signing day period. Yeah. I think a lot of credit gets to go to Chandler Durrell and Armando Hawkins for this class, mm -hmm. the way that they were able to keep guys together. And of course, um, Dion ended up letting a lot of them go, but uh, the guys that did stay were guys that were really recruited by Chandler Durrell and, and Armando Hawkins. Uh, you mentioned Isaiah Harge and that St. Thomas Aquinas connection. Um, Armando Hawkins pulled in guys like Morgan Pearson and Victory Johnson, um, two really good commits that um, I'm very excited about. So I think they deserve a lot of credit because they they stayed the course. They even stayed when Prime got got hired and yep. they were willing to help out that staff and help them finish out this recruiting class. And yep. I don't think they would have been able to do it without Chandler Durrell or Mondo Hawkins. Yep. Yeah. I, I totally <clears throat> agree with you. I think Hawkins was a total rock on the recruiting trail before Prime got there. And obviously Durrell through some pretty crazy circumstances did his job, um, which just doing his job would be enough in, in that circumstance, but he actually did it at a high level, which, um, you know, props to him. That is, I, I think, also speaks to, uh, you know, the integrity that Carl Durrell, um, it, you know, put through his kids. So I think overall, that's a pretty good prep class that may be missing some of that high level juice that we were teased with um, when, when Coach Prime originally got hired. However, and this is the, this was, now I'm going to go, here's the Sudor Sanders part, Chase. Now I'm going to go to the fun part, the super fun part, in my opinion. I think this transfer portal class, I'm so excited for the transfer portal class. I think it was incredible today. Um, and obviously that starts with, you know, it's a slam dunk, but it starts with the quarterback position. See, you grabbed one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the transfer portal um, who has a few years of eligibility left in Shador Sanders. Obviously a huge fit. Um, I mean, a huge pickup. Um, and obviously we hired his father, so it's not like it's a shock, but I still want to underscore it like, I watched Celebration Bowl and the SWAC champion, conference championship game. That dude is legit. He is legit. Yeah, I'm super highly recruited. If he wasn't at Jackson State, I think he would be a big-time quarterback at the FBS level. Um, and, and he will be over these next two years. But just because he was doing it against SWAC competition, I don't think is um, any reason to have doubts of what he will be able to do at CU. Obviously, he comes in as... The QB1, uh, it was probably CU's biggest position of need. They had a lot of them uh, after this season, but I think you had to get a good quarterback in there, and obviously it makes it easy that uh, Shador's coming to play for his dad, but still I think it's impressive, and hopefully yeah. um, he's able to get a lot of other guys as well because there's going to be guys that want to come play with Shador Sanders, want to be catching passes from him, especially with his ability as a quarterback. <laughs> I think where CU got – the most better today. I don't, I don't know if that's a, the right turn of phrase, but um, where I think CU got the most better today, of course, is at the quarterback position. And then almost just as importantly, or more important, importantly, right in front of the quarterback position. I personally think the biggest, um, the biggest, like, I don't know if shock is the right word or surprise is the right word, but the place where I was most pleasantly surprised is how well that offensive line transfer class came together. Um, for the University of Colorado. It looks like they really didn't miss on any targets. And people like Marcellus Marshall, who I thought were locks coming in from Kent State, didn't actually come to see you because they hit on what I would consider more um, high-profile transfers there. So just to break that down, 
we uh, Isaiah Jada signed today from Snow College in, in Utah and originally from San Diego. Savion Washington signed a grant in aid today, also from Kent State, current transfer. Um, Landon Beebe signed today from Missouri State. And then finally, Jack Wilty also signed today um, from the junior college ranks, Iowa Central Community College. Um, and it's pretty obvious, I think, that you can slot those in pretty much straight up in every spot but center, where CU's kind of set with Van Wells, and just say, like, all right, there's there's half your two deep right there. Good to go. Yeah, you can already see um, this offensive line start to take shape, and it's probably going to be brand new besides Van Wells um, all across the board. So, uh, yeah, very impressive. I'm most excited about Isaiah Jada as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really high-caliber Juco recruit. He's going to come in and probably start. I would expect him to be at left tackle and Savion Washington to be at right tackle start to start the year. Um, obviously, yep. there'll be a competition there, and it, that might not end up being what it is, but I do think that he has a legitimate shot to play left tackle for this team. And, and I think he's a guy that has the athleticism and the ability to even go into guard. So I kind of expect him to be a starter. Um, and then they added some really nice depth pieces in Landon Beebe. Um, and the other one that I'm drawing a blank on, the, the Jared Wilty. Jared Wilty, yeah. Um, I think those guys are two guys that will come in and um, be able to play kind of all across the line. I think Wilty's more of a tackle. Um, and BB's more of a guard, but yeah, you have guys that will be able to fill in there and obviously help out the two deep. So, yeah, I think they went after linemen in the portal and the transfers and then kind of went after the skilled players in the in the prep circuit, which I think is a very smart move here because you have to find some starters on the offensive and defensive line right now. Um, and yep. there's, they still got some work to do on the defensive line, although I really like the start. I think Shane Cokes is a guy that's probably going to – I love Shane Cokes. He's probably going to start immediately um, as well. So, But they're already making some progress there, but I think we need to see a few more interior defensive linemen, and I think that'll come over the next month or so. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think Jada is immediately one of the better left tackles in the Pac-12. I love what I see from him. 6'6", 3'10", moves really well. There's a reason that he was – and Auburn fans thought he was signed, sealed, and delivered before today. Like, Auburn fans thought Jada was going there. Um, and they are very upset to see him not go there. Um, anytime you can win a one, a mono a mono recruiting battle with someone like Auburn for a lineman, you should be very happy. I am very happy with Jada. Savion Washington knows the scheme and the offensive line coach intimately because he came from Kent State with Sean Lewis and Bill O'Boyle. He's 6'9", he's 330 pounds. He graded better than every offensive lineman CU has last year by Pro Football Focus. He is a huge pickup as well. Um, being able to anchor with those two immediately next year, you're like, you're done with the, 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 the two most important positions in the offensive line. That's huge. Um, and like you said, I love where BB can kind of slot in wherever. Um, and Jack Wilty at 6'5", 300 is the same thing. Like, as long as he's not uh, center, he has size to pretty much do whatever they need him to. Um, you mentioned the defensive line recruiting. Shane Cokes transferred from Dartmouth, signed as well today. Um, like 6'3", 6'3 270. Just a classic 4-3 defensive end, if you ask me. I don't know if he's actually going into a 4-3, but that's what he looks like. Um, and and I always love people transferring up into a level, especially if you're transferring from the Ivy League and the second you hit the transfer portal, Miami's trying to get you there. That generally means to me that you can play. Um, and same with and, and Taj Alston's another interesting um 
pick up there. 6'5", 260. He can kind of play everywhere when he's not hurt. You just kind of have to hope he's not hurt. But um, seems to be another solid pickup from the Power 5 ranks um, who, who was disruptive in the backfield. Like you said, more work to be done there. And still some guys that we're waiting on. Marshawn Newland is the name that I'm waiting on the most. Visited CU this past weekend as well as UCLA. Um, I would love Marshawn Nealon, Central, Central Michigan transfer. I think he's an instant starter and an impact player. Yes, I do as well. But I think there's going to be a lot of these transfer guys, especially after the bowl games, um, that they're going to try to go and get, especially on the defensive line. I think that's going to be the number one target in the transfer portal over the next month. And I think, I mean, I have full faith in this staff to be able to do that. I It might hurt them a little bit that they're the coaching staff on – that side isn't really set in stone. I don't think we've heard of an outside linebackers coach yet. We have. It's Nick Williams. We don't know who the interior DL coach is. Yeah. yeah. So Nick Williams was either going to be defensive line or outside linebackers. Sounds like he's going to go outside linebacker. So they don't have a defensive line coach at this moment, I don't believe. They don't. Uh, nothing that – not even a significant rumor that we can kind of lean Brian on. Howell said that the name is being finalized right now. So I don't know what that means. I was expecting it to be someone on a bowl team that just hasn't flipped over yet. But if it's currently being finalized, I don't know if that's true. So, yeah, I, I have no clue. And I, I've seen no Twitter smoke. And believe me, I've looked. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. And that might be leading to some of that late-breaking movement there. Yeah, I think once you get a defensive line coach in here, it makes it a lot easier to recruit defensive linemen. I don't think there's many players out there that want to commit to school without really knowing who their coach is. Um, I think I want to finish up with, a f- I guess, a few other decisions that CU fans should be waiting on um, as we finish up this early signing day. I don't think there's any other surprises to expect today. Um, maybe, maybe so, but I... I if there is, I have not seen or heard anything to make me believe that. Um, I think for the rest of the week, there's obviously the open question of Blake Purchase, who's the number one kid in the state of Colorado, um, defensive end, outside linebacker from Cherry Creek, currently committed to Oregon, but he has not signed yet today, and I don't believe he's expected to sign today, um, which, which means that there is plenty of time for – Coach Prime to work his magic here and see if they can pull off a flip. I know that both staffs at Oregon and Colorado both very much want it. Um, so I, I think that's like the biggest prep announcement that we're waiting on this week. Is is there anyone else I'm missing there, Chase? No, I think that's the biggest prep announcement for sure. There's going to be there should be one more over the next few days. We'll see when that that one ends up coming out. Um, but Blake Purchase that would be a game changer, especially just like the whole Denver media perception getting the number one uh, player in the state of Colorado is a huge deal. When was the last time they did that? Would that be Moretti? If you want to count that. Yeah, I guess we can. He never, he never really played a lot of snaps, but we, we can, but there's obviously a, a extenuating circumstance. Moretti was Ohio state bound until he tore his knee up at that camp, um, which is unfortunate. And then, of course, Evan Meyer doesn't play no games, so he pulled a scholarship pretty quickly after that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any like low watermark in recent years, because that's really the only like reason that they would do that. Um, maybe 2017, that 20 after 2016 class, but that was 
I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll look while we're talking about this. But the 2017 class would have been Jake Moretti. Uh, 2018, yeah. I don't know. Can't remember. But yeah, so obviously it would be a huge deal. And him waiting till Friday, I think, um, helps out CU even more. Gives Coach Prime a little bit more time to keep giving him his pitch. And uh, he's been definitely interested. He took a visit a week and a half ago. There was even a quote from him before that they hired Coach Prime that if they do, um, he's going to be interested in, in staying home and playing for Colorado. So I definitely think they have a chance here. We'll see, though. Oregon has been able to close the deal with a lot of guys recently. So oh, Oregon yeah. not really the school that you want to be competing against right now. No, they, they close harder than literally anyone else in the country. So um, Oregon terrifies me. And, I mean, probably it's, it's good news overall for CU because the stronger the Pac-12 is in the you know, next five years, um, the, the larger CU's coffers are. But um, right now, it, it's just scary. Um, so we'll see with Blake Purchase. I, I think on the transfer side, of course, we're w- awaiting word for the biggest of the Jackson State um, departing transfer players. Um, one of those being Travis Hunter, of course. You cannot record a podcast as a college football person right now without mentioning his name. So there it is. SEO value goes up. Um, yeah, Travis Hunter is saying he's going to announce his commitment when he reaches 100,000 YouTube subscribers. He is currently at 95,000 and counting. Um, you know, I guess me personally, I, I, I'm of two different minds. When Coach Prime was first hired, I thought there was no shot that Travis Hunter comes to see you. He's a Georgia kid. I expected him to go to Georgia all the way. And then the other half of my mind said no shot. He's going anywhere but Colorado because he and Coach Prime are like this. And for those of you who can't watch, I'm just putting my fingers together because they're very close. Um, so, like, I don't know. I, I'm... I'd say if he goes elsewhere, I'm not going to be too upset because I still think the infusion of talent is massive on the CU side of things. If he comes to Colorado, of course, I'm going to be elated, but I'm also not going to be surprised. So I think that's the next biggest announcement that CU fans will be waiting on. Absolutely. It's probably the biggest announcement um, that CU's been involved with in oh, you can say ever CU's never had the number one overall recruit at least and when they've had rankings like that the closest yeah, you well, is probably I, I, mean, I guess if we're counting transfers we can we can throw in until they're all hot. <laughs> hell yeah but uh, obviously this is a guy that has proved himself a lot more than Antonio Alfano already and he's a guy that will immediately be able to make an impact uh I'm exactly with you I didn't think that there was going to be much of a chance once they hired Coach Prime, and then we started hearing all the rumors that it's very likely that he's going to follow Coach Prime, and now it seems like he's going he's going to look around a little bit and see what these other teams have to offer, um, especially when it comes to the dollar sign. So we'll see. Uh, I think the biggest competition is going to be Georgia. I can't really imagine him going anywhere else other than Georgia or Colorado, but maybe I could see USC or Oregon getting in there. I, I just don't see that happening, though. No, I think it's going to be Georgia or Colorado, and Georgia's going to make a really, really big push for them. If we're talking NIL, you have to put Miami in there, period. Um, but I don't think we have to necessarily. I don't think Travis Hunter is just motivated by the dollar signs. That's certainly a part of it. We shall see. Some of the other Jackson State players that have entered the transfer portal that CU fans should look at. Kevin Coleman is another easy target. He was a freshman last year. Um, pick Jackson State over people like Miami. He is a total burner. 
entered the transfer portal as well. And CU is the heavy favorite there as well. So watch out to see if he announces in some point in the near future um, would be another huge add to the wide receiver room. I feel good about Kevin Coleman. I, I do think that um, he should end up being a caller on a Buffalo, but I guess we'll oh, see. Um, I, gonna be you would think, I think a lot of us, or maybe it's just bad expectations, but a lot of us kind of expected these Jackson State guys to go in the portal and then make the decision within a day or two that they're coming to Colorado. And yeah. that doesn't appear to be the case, but I don't really blame them for wanting to listen from other schools and see what their other options are. Um, but I do think a lot of them are going to end up following Coach Brown. Some other people to keep a name uh, an eye on is, is offensive lineman Paul Tyson, offensive lineman Willis Patrick. Both of them put their names in the portal and were offered by Colorado pretty soon after that. Niles Gaddy also had hit the transfer portal, so that's another name to look at. An edge rusher, though he was suspended for the Celebration Bowl, so there may be some – maybe he doesn't join. I don't know. Um, obviously, Shiloh Sanders is another name to look at. If he does end up transferring, I believe he already entered the transfer portal. Um, yeah, he entered the portal same time as Shador. Yeah, so there you go. Shiloh Sanders at safety, of course, uh, son of Deion Sanders. Shador wears two for Deion. Shiloh wears 21. Um, so I'd expect him to also join Colorado in the near future. Those are some of the other Jackson State guys to keep an eye on. Um, and I think I'll end with this. You know, I personally had to check my expectations for this early signing day because CU had four days of full prime before um, this, this thing actually kicked off. So I think a lot of the work that was done is not going to bear fruits yet. Um, at least at the highest level that we are like that I personally, I guess, was looking at. Um, I get, you know, I, I eat all of my words. If someone like purchase flips or Kermani McLean somehow comes to Colorado, then, you know, whatever he is, in fact, the miracle worker that I thought he was, but, um, getting people to delay signing to February is also important. Getting the guys who are already signing in February is also important. There's a four-star offensive tackle named Oto, who was an Old Dominion commit until about th- a, a week ago, blew up. He's a, he, Now he's rated as a four-star. A lot of Power Fight programs are offer, uh, after him. That's, a, that's the type of guy that CU might be going after. And now that we have quite a while with Deion Sanders just focusing on recruiting, Type of guy that CU might try to, you know, might actually mess around and win that battle. Um, you know, getting people who are waiting until February and then signing them as well. CU, I expect CU to be very active in that second period of recruiting. And, you know, transfer portal is still active. They have until about mid-January to sign, man. So, like, we're going to see a lot of transfers coming through Boulder, I think, in the next few weekends um, as CU tries to lock that class up, too. So, I guess my, my parting thought is, CU is nowhere near done. It's a huge class today. And I think a lot of pretty good pieces, but I think for sure the best is yet to come and there's a lot coming. Yeah, I think it, it's a good start. Um, you're Yeah, it was hard to know really what to expect with this recruiting class and what they would be able to pull off in two weeks just because of how much turnover there was, how many commits they had to get rid of, and then obviously end up filling those holes in. When you get to that situation, you really it's like hard to put so many eggs into one basket, especially with like these high profile recruits, these top 50 types of players. And then you end up not getting uh, enough depth in your recruiting class because those guys aren't going to end up um, making the decision to come to Colorado. So I think they kind of had to balance that. They were in on some really high caliber players um, that they didn't end up getting. But, yeah, this thing's not even close to 
over. I I do think with this year, with this 2023 class, the most important thing is the transfers. It's all about the guys that they're going to be able to get in the portal. They have to fully flip this roster. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever they're able to get in terms of prep recruits, I think will be good. And I expect a couple of really good ones probably in February. You mentioned a couple. I think we already talked about Conrad Hussey, who I think they will have a very good chance on as well. Um, uh, and so, so. I love his tape. There will be definitely be guys um, that they're going to be in on come February. And I think this class is going to look a lot better after that first February signing date. Absolutely. Um, I, I think so too. And it's a, it's a long off season. I, I don't think that Prime's going to stop recruiting literally the entire off season. So strap in today was actually just a start. Everyone says that, but I, I believe it this time. Um, so yeah, fun, fun class, pretty exciting day. It's still not technically done, but um, you know, early signing day is it's just the start of early signing period, which is the start of the recruiting. You know, it just it's just gonna keep going. So um thank you, Chase, for coming on. I know that like I said, you're pulling double duty. You can find you at Action Network from time to time as well. And Buff Stampede right now. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, really triple duty right now. I'm a, I'm a Ralphie Report special co-host. Yep. That's that right. And then, then Buff Stampede and then Action Network. So triple duty right now, but um, I'm enjoying it. I got to go write an Action Network story right now. I got some breaking news with some Twitter CEO stuff. I, I didn't even read the full story here, but I got to go oh. write a story there. And then I'll get back to the recruiting stuff. And then I got to go coach hockey game tonight. So busy man, but I'm enjoying all of this stuff. So it's great to be on. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll keep it rocking and hopefully we can do one of these again in February after Prime pulls in another uh, huge leg of the class. Great talking to you, Chase. Always a pleasure, Jack. Buzz! Buzz!